uh, introducing our guest today, who is Debbie Hayes. Debbie, can you hear us? I can certainly hear you, yes. <laughs> Marvellous stuff. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the hot desk. Uh, we've been trying to get you to come on as a guest for a while and we were delighted when when it pops up it was international happiness at work week i thought i know exactly i know exactly <laughs> who to speak to because that's the kind of thing that you do um for businesses isn't it to work out why people aren't happy as they could be at work and to put remedies into place so have i got the right end of the stick there let's hope so Absolutely, yes, yeah, absolutely, and and I love it because when you see the transitions to people being much happier and the workplace being far more effective, then obviously you know it's just lovely to see people in that place. So yeah, I love it. <laughs> Marvelous stuff. Now you are uh, in no particular order a clarity mm -hmm. coach. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you are and have been a TEDx speaker. I am. <laughs> yeah, and you're an author as well. I am, yeah. So, yeah. a lady of many parts. Um, in terms of happiness at work, Debbie, mm -hmm. wh what when people come to you uh, and say they've got a problem in their business, mm -hmm. is it pretty obvious straight away where the unhappiness is? There are always, to me, some key areas that I would want to be listening in for. And quite often there are themes within companies, for sure. Um, it's just being able to listen between the lines, is what I would say. Okay. Because companies will have presenting issues, but I'm a big believer that you have to address the root causes. Right. In anything. Okay. And, and are those sometimes hidden to the likes of HR? HR might go, yeah, we got, there's no problem. We've got this sorted. And yet when you dive a little bit deeper, people start to say things to you that they may not say to either management or HR. Yeah, because, um, you know, it's, when you're a coach, you really are looking to establish that real relationship of trust so that people can open up to you. And oftentimes what you find within companies is that trust isn't in place. Yep. And therefore people start to build uh, a mask, really, because they'll, they'll put the face on that they present that's okay, but underneath it that they're not. And that often that is because there's a, a fear that actually if I speak out and say, I'm not happy about this or that I see there could be a better way if that has been voiced and sort of shouted down or dismissed or put down then people will soon learn actually you're not going to listen so what's the point so that's interesting mm -hmm. uh, uh, Debbie if you go into a business you've got all that experience and you'll be able to spot the the things that are wrong with the workforce yeah. in respect of, of um, their attitude to their work and whether they're happy or not. But from an employer's perspective, what should they be looking for? What what should trigger a phone call to somebody like yourself? Um, I, I think people get to a point where they know they have to do something. That is when 
you know, my clients will come to the point where the, the, the pain is sufficient that they're going, we now know we have to do something here because they know that they what they have already, uh, I guess what their experience has already taught them, they know they've exhausted. Right. So when, you know, when you've tried the tools that you're already aware of and that's not working, then obviously you really do need to start reaching for help. And I think when you're not getting traction and momentum, and again, you've got to start looking at something not working here. So what are we missing? Um, yeah, I suppose it's being vulnerable enough to reach out and say, yes, you know, we need support because as leaders within a business as well, um, you know, you, you probably need support as well as your workforce. Of course, of course. Yeah, you know, and I think it's important to take that on board. Um, so it's not yeah. just about going in and, and almost saying, well, the management's at fault for this, the management's at fault for that. It might be things like miscommunication. Is that often a problem? People that what the management <laughs> e extol is, 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 is not always what gets through to the factory floor. Exactly. And communication is one of the key points because obviously if we're miscommunicating, people take away different messages and then obviously people start pulling in different directions. You then start to get people operating as groups versus teams. Yeah. And you get what I call a silo mentality. So then it becomes them and us. So, you know, you really have got to dissolve all those issues and have a real ethos of, transparency and clarity of what is really expected and to be able to learn the communication skills that will really put that across clearly and that everybody understands um and it's not that difficult to do you know I, I, communication is one of the things that i quite often work with and when you give people simple principles that they can remember then they will implement them Right, got you. Uh, Debbie, you, you, you spoke about um, well. you spoke about trust earlier, and uh, and that's a huge mm. issue in 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 business, uh, developing trust uh, and maintaining a level of trust. But once you lose that trust from your employees, how mm. how do you go about? How do you help a company regain that trust? Yeah, uh, well. As my uh, title is called, I've been awarded the name of the Queen of Clarity by my client, by my own client. <laughs> I like that. The Queen of Clarity. Clarity. <laughs> Brilliant. So, and we have to get back to that point in terms of what are the clear expectations. And we've got to be vulnerable to, to, enough to listen to that feedback from our employees, listen to feedback from our employers and really get clarity in terms of where are, what, what is the direction of, of the company? Where are we going? Yeah. What values do we live and breathe by? Not mission statements that become wallpaper that nobody listens to. What is lived and breathed? What is the culture that we really want to harness here? Um, because once you've got that and you can work towards it and give feedback against, well, this is how we have implemented these things, or, ooh, actually, now we're, now we're really looking at this. Do you know what? We've stated this, but we're not living and breathing that. So what's getting in the way of that? 
Right. And really making sure that people are able to give that open feedback of, yeah, actually think this is what's in the way. Because once you are able to look at a problem, then obviously you can look at the solution. But if, you, if you're not prepared to look at it, it's not going to solve itself, is it? Yeah, sure. Do, do most of the solutions um, that mm-hmm. you, you implement and the recommendations, do they, do they come from the factory floor up? Is, is that usually the key where the workers say, oh, no, 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 we thought you were doing that, but actually that's not happening? It, are they, do, do sort of the, 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 the workers on the factory floor, are they the ones that come up with the, the solution? To be able to work together um, would, would, be, would be my way because I think you need to have a clear structure of how the whole business is going to operate, but you also need to take feedback in terms from the people at the floor level in terms of what that structure might best be because if they're living and breathing it and you know they've got the feet on the ground and obviously they've got really valuable feedback in which to to put into that so it isn't really about listening not hearing got you the, the most most people have the physical capacity to hear but not everybody has the capacity to listen and listen well. And so it is really, you know, coming back to that listening, being open to feedback, recognising problems, and like I said, really tackling them straight on. Got you. Now, um, working from home is is becoming and has become over the past 18 months or so uh, a huge feature of work and work culture. Um, Are there any things that you adapt and change when you're looking at a proportion of the workforce working remotely? What I would say is you've got to listen even more closely because people want to have a sense of belonging, don't they? Yeah. You know, that's our human instinct is to belong and to feel valued. So... You know, it's really making sure that, okay, yes, the culture now might be that the, some of the workforce is more removed, but how are they still included? How are they still operating as part of one business? And again, I think that needs to be set out clearly about what what are the expectations of people? How can we make this work for, for everybody? Um, and once you've got that, it, it makes it much easier. But if we're not prepared to, again, come back to this point of, of really listening to understand and making sure the right structures are in place, then without that, things quickly dissolve. And, you know, one of the things I've heard quite a lot in over the last 18, well, more than the last 18 months, but particularly in the last 18 months, is around um, how poor meetings are conducted all right and in a remote circumstance that you know meetings probably is going to be one of your key contact points with people that's an interesting point yeah yeah because i mean zoom is a way of life now isn't it or teams or whatever it is um in terms of a company uh with regards to is there is there a sort of almost like a checklist that you can um, I know every company is going to be different and every situation mm-hmm. is different, but are there maybe a couple of three things that uh, an employer can can look out for and put a tick by the box if they're doing that okay? 
Oh, well, you've hit an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> I would encourage not ticking boxes. Oh, okay. If, if we're just looking to tick a box, are we really doing what's needed? Oh, right, okay. Yeah. So I think we've got to be quite careful there, um, you know, not to tick boxes, um, because we've really got to understand what, what is making, you know, the first point is, let's really be prepared to understand what is making people unhappy. Yeah. So you've got to look at those root causes. There's no point putting on top of what I would call, no point putting on a positivity plaster. You've got to be prepared. Oh, we like it. I'm writing that down, <laughs> Debbie. I'm writing that down. <laughs> Positivity plaster. I love Debbie, that. As, as Queen of Clarity, uh, what I'd like you to do now is just give our listeners uh, an overview of the process. So, so presumably you'd have a first meeting or you'd walk around the building or, and meet some of the staff. How, how would the process take? Uh, go, how would you go through the motions? The process for me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to sound like a repeated record, but I, I, I'm there to listen. Okay. I don't believe in pre-prescriptions. So the first thing I would do is is make a point of listening to people. What is their perspective? What do you feel is going on? What are the pain points? Let's understand the pain points. And then I'm really good. I just have this art of being able to see, okay, you're talking here, they're the symptoms, but actually underneath that, this is the piece that's missing. Got you. So let's address the root causes, get the right structures in place, and when the right structures in place and we empower people with the right tools, simple, implementable ones, not not things that people nod and glaze their eyes at and think, gosh, when am I going to use that? Yeah. <laughs> it's about giving the, the, I'm a big fan of, give the person the right tool for the right job at the right time. Eloquently put. Eloquently put from the, the Queen of Clarity. Very, very clear. <laughs> um, people listening to, to our chat now and thinks, do you know what? Uh, I think Debbie could do something for uh, my business. Or if you're an employee who thinks, oh, I'll tell you what, Debbie, please come and speak to my boss. Um, how do people get in touch with you? What's what's the best route to um, to have a chat to you? The best route, just either email me, which is hello at debbiehayes.co.uk, or you'll also find me on LinkedIn. That's where I tend to hang out, if yep. you mean, like, you know, in terms of um, social media. So those are the two key points. But what I would say is, you know, email me, speak to me, let me see, you know, let me listen, and then I'll, I'll gladly, you know, hold that space for you, for you to share there's never any, um, you know, pressure from myself. I don't believe in that, what I call manipulation. I think there's a lot of man marketing manipulation out there. Sure. Um, and, and essentially, you know, I think as humans, we've all got to be here to help one another. So if you think you, you might have that problem, then speak to me and I'll, and I'll help. And if I'm not the right person to help, then, you know, I know a whole bank of people um, so, you know, I'll always point you in the right direction. Oh, well, well we can understand why you were called the, the Queen of Clarity. Clarity. It's We're been an absolute that. pleasure and I can't talking to you. I can't wait to use my positivity plaster. I can't, I can't <laughs> wait for that. As long as he doesn't <laughs> use the it right, on me. Right, 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 right
Yeah. Uh, Debbie, I knew this was going to be a great conversation. We are so grateful for the time you spent and for the wonderful words of advice 